Well, hello there. My name is Jan Burt, and this is my podcast, The Burt Not Ernie Show, where we talk about God's promises and the hope those promises bring to our everyday lives. Whenever I meet somebody new, I introduce myself as Jan Burt and say, like Burt and Ernie, since it's easy to confuse my last name with a different one. And almost always, people smile when they think of Burt and Ernie. That got me thinking. I'm a Burt, and I'm not an Ernie. But how often do we live as if we're someone God never meant for us to be? Part of knowing who you are is knowing who you're not. Hence the name, The Burt Not Ernie Show. I'm so glad you're here. Let's dig into God's promises. Well, hey there. Thanks for checking out the podcast today. In this episode of The Burt Not Ernie Show, we are concluding our look at the promises that we discovered in Psalm 37, which is an amazing, a truly awesome passage of scripture penned by none other than David. And you know, when I use that word awesome, I actually really do mean awesome. Like it leaves me in awe of God when I study this Psalm. So awesome is an accurate word to describe Psalm 37. And today we're going to look at just one verse from Psalm 37. And then I would like to share a bit with you from Charles Haddon Spurgeon and E.M. Bounds. So you ready? Great. Let's jump in. You're listening to the Burt Not Ernie Show, part of the Spark Network, now playing in the Edify app. I'm your host, Jan L. Burt, and this is episode number 109. Psalm 37, verse 37. And I'm going to read from two different translations, the Amplified and the CSB, Christian Standard Bible. The Amplified says this, Mark the blameless man who is spiritually complete, and behold the upright who walks in moral integrity. There is a good future for the man of peace because a life of honor blesses one's descendants. Isn't that just like remarkable to think about? You know, there are so, so many times when I am just flat in awe of how much is packed into one single verse from the Bible. Like it literally will just astound me. There are answers for us in the things that we face daily. There are answers and we find them in the word of God. You know, regarding this verse, I'm, I'm going to share a little bit about how one verse can literally, and I use that word appropriately, I mean literally, change the course of our lives. My husband and I, you know, we had quite an experience, and this was some years back, but um, I'm not going to dive into specific details because when we read all of the Bible, like the whole counsel of the Word of God, and we, um, we receive what it says as instruction and reproof, then according to what the Apostle Paul lays out very, very clearly in the New Testament, you know, sharing too many details about certain things, it's just not right. It's just not right. So in a broad and very generic sense, we had a situation that involved our work, our service in ministry, and things got difficult. We, they kind of, I guess, went sideways, you might say. So, you know, I'm not going to say we were right and somebody else was wrong. That's, that's not what this is about. I will say that we were deeply hurt by all that took place. I'm going to share that because I really do think that that's very relatable, that people who who serve, who work in ministry, who maybe are even think of like a ministry to your family members who don't know the Lord. And that is a ministry. It can be very painful and difficult at times. It just hurt 
can be part of the game. So I'm sharing from a place of we were deeply hurt, not we were right, they were wrong, they were right, we were wrong. Just we were deeply hurt. And this was right on the heels of my mother's death. Just like boom, I'm talking about boom, right on top of that. And it was, um, it was a difficult time. I don't need to go into all of those details about the loss of my mother, because I think probably you can relate, you know, think of something similar and just the, the pain that legitimately is there when things, you know, my mom had Alzheimer's. And so there's not really a closure, you know, there's not, it's a very strange thing when you can't have a goodbye that fits with kind of the way we want to say goodbye, if that makes sense. You know, God made us in a certain way in his image. And it's difficult when we run into these things in life that just do not fit in with his original plan for his creation. And part of why we struggle with things like death is because there was no death in the Garden of Eden. It's not part of his original plan. So what, you know, Alzheimer's, not part of his original creation, his plan. It's just part of living in a fallen world. There is sin and there is sickness and they're just things that are here. They're not what God ever intended to be here. It's part of being on this planet in a fallen world. So there was not like, um, closure. There wasn't a goodbye. It was just very different and very difficult. And if you've known somebody with dementia or Alzheimer's, you understand what I mean, that it's what I think they call it the long goodbye. Um, It's just very, um, you almost have to say your goodbyes really early on. And then sometimes you can only look back and see, like, I think my mom did certain things as she was trying to say goodbye to each of us when she realized she was stepping into the beginning phases of Alzheimer's. We didn't know that's what she was doing, and she didn't outright clearly say that. But you have these little things you look back on and go, oh, wow, I wish I had understood better what that was at the time. Or any, you can look at this any number of ways if you've dealt with this kind of a situation. It's just not easy. So boom, right on the heels of that, there was just a situation that happened that had to do with our ministry work that affected both my husband and I and our, our children, our entire family. You know, we knew the Lord wanted us to handle this time with, for lack of a better word, with decency that would bring honor to his name. You know, I was still heavy in grief. That was not the time to let my emotions from one thing bleed over into another thing. That would not have been right. I knew that I could do that very, very easily, that it could just, you know, sometimes you just know, like, if I start talking, I'm not going to stop talking. So about this situation with this person, I'm not going to start talking. I just kind of want to bite my tongue. And Lord, if I need to, would you, by the power of your Holy Spirit, make me actually bite my tongue? I have prayed that before and I have done it. And I have been like, oh, yep, stop talking right now, Jan, stop talking. Like, literally, I have done that. That might sound crazy, But it's actually not crazy if you're in a situation where you know you can really hurt somebody else or go too far or like this. The emotion from one could bleed over into the other because they're both very difficult situations. You're grieving the loss of a parent, grieving the loss of um, goodbyes and all of the things that you don't get to have with Alzheimer's and also grieving the loss of a ministry, uh, you know, of misunderstandings, of things that were like really actually very incredibly painful, a lot of things. And so grief can get mixed in with other grief. And I knew I could say things that were not going to be, they just weren't going to glorify the Lord. So it was more important for me to bring honor to his name and for my husband as well, and to handle this with decency than to quote unquote win. 
you know, or being understood or any of that kind of thing. It, all of that just kind of paled compared to keeping the Lord front and center. That needed to be my primary focus, and it was my husband and my own. Our primary focus was just honoring the Lord. So, and you know, honestly, the body of Christ, it's so precious to the Lord. And we really did just choose to simply be silent, bite our tongues, rather than choose to be totally misunderstood or possibly um, not rather than, I should say, we chose to be silent and bite our tongues. And that led to us being misunderstood. And from what we've gotten, little bits and pieces here and there, slandered and maligned, you know, that was better to us than putting any kind of a mark on God's big C church. And by big C, I mean the entirety of the church, like the, the whole church around the world from the time of the first century until Jesus returns. Like the bride of Christ is to be spotless on the day that Jesus returns, right? So I was not interested in putting any kind of spot where Jesus said, you keep that spotless, keep that spotless. I wanted to, it's better for me to be slandered and maligned and misunderstood than for there to be any kind of spot on the bride of Christ. So that's kind of um, a long way of not giving you specific details about how a difficult situation needed to be handled by my husband and I for the sake of Jesus and for the sake of his church. So basically, we took the words from Psalm 37, verse 37, and we just applied them. We wanted to walk in moral integrity, not for our sake, for the Lord's sake. We wanted to be the man and the woman of peace and to live a life of honor in spite of our own feelings and hurts and the mourning and all the things that come with hard times. We weren't willing to say, but I'm justified, but I'm hurting, but this is hard. We weren't willing to say that over and above and beyond the importance of keeping the bride of Christ spotless, as spotless as we could. Romans says, if it is possible, as much as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. It doesn't say live at peace with everyone. It says, if it is possible, as much as it depends on you. What part of it was possible for us? What part of it depended on us? That's the part that we did to keep peace in the big C body of Christ church. I don't know if you've been in a situation like that, or maybe you find yourself in one right now, or you can see one. It's coming. You're, it's right on the horizon. As the new day dawns, you know this situation's coming. If so, I want you to know that you really can grab hold of the word of God and live it out by the power of the Holy Spirit. He's not going to make it impossible to do what his word tells you to do. If you are in Christ, if you know Jesus personally, the Holy Spirit really will equip you and enable you to do the things that you can't do in your own flesh and to do the things that will help honor him. And of course, if it's in his word, we know that's what he wants us to do. So... You know, if you um, if you didn't know this already, being a disciple of Jesus, it, it just comes with hard times. It just does. Uh, some of those hard times are going to involve our fellow Christians. That's just the way that it is. You know, I feel bad sharing that with some of you who maybe don't already know that. But I'm I'm guessing if you're listening to this podcast, you already know that you're going to it's not always going to be rubbing shoulders and getting along super well with other believers. There is friction because as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. And we're all human beings who make mistakes, who sin, who live in a fallen world. And so there's just going to be stuff 
that you run into. And if you've ever been on the other end of those sorts of hard times, like you've been on the receiving end and you know that your heart was not wrong or amiss, that you really were loving well, you wanted to honor the Lord, maybe you were just legitimately misunderstood or maligned. If that was you, I just want to say to you, I am so sorry. Romans also tells us to rejoice with those who rejoice and and weep with those who weep, mourn with those who mourn. I want to say to you, I'll mourn with you. I may never meet you in real life, but I am legitimately so sorry and am feeling for you even right now as I record this. Um, You know, I wish it were different, but please, please, I really am going to, I'm doing that thing where you pause, you know, when you want to get kids' attention, little kids in a classroom setting or at VBS, you've got the little kids and they're just being loud and rowdy. Um, The best way to get their attention is just to go silent for a second. So I'm going to go silent. Okay, you ready? Please, please do not walk away from the church or from Jesus, no matter what, no matter what. And no matter how things shook out, however it played out, even if there was like a fit of anger, even if there were just words that were said by you or by others that you wish you could take back, that you wish you could unhear and not have spoken to you or over you, even if you shared too much with certain people, because as I mentioned earlier, when we're hurting, we really can start to talk. It, it can come out like a torrent because there's so much hurt behind it, like a flood, like a torrent. Um, and things can come out that are kind of far beyond what we ever intended to share. They can be misconstrued and there are people who can kind of seem to be a friendly listening ear, but then can turn it around and it can become gossip so quickly. Even if that happened, oh, I'm telling you, um, the Lord is always, always there to comfort and to heal and to restore, even if things went down very, very badly, very, very poorly. He's always there. And you can always take that torrent of pain to him to him, you know, and if you went too far in what you said and you ended up speaking in a way that was gossip, guess what? You know, do what David did. We find it all over the Psalms. Go to the Lord and be honest with him. Seek his forgiveness if you need to. Seek his comfort and his healing everywhere and anywhere in your life that you need it. You know, there's grace. There's grace for us. And sometimes we forget that. There's so much grace for us. We're swimming in it. We're in an ocean of it healing and God's goodness and his great love and grace that's there for you. So don't let any of the things that have happened keep you from the church, the big C church or from the Lord, please. Don't stop attending church because of a bad situation. Don't stay in a place that's abusive. If you need to, you know, move on, there are other churches to go to, right? And, and I'm not telling you leave, don't leave, hit the eject button. On a, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying you and the Lord and your, your spouse, your family, you can talk about this. You can pray about this. Don't walk away from the big C church and don't walk away from Jesus. Please, please. We cannot always be perfect. Or why would we need a savior? But we sometimes expect the people in the church to be perfect, as if they don't also need a savior as much as we do. We're not perfect. They're not perfect. But we are being sanctified continually, individually, and then as a body, because it is about being presented to the bridegroom as a spotless bride. So we are individually and as a whole being sanctified continually. It's not going to stop the sanctification process. So we can expect 
to get better and better and become more and more like Jesus. We should expect that because we are being continually sanctified. So there is no condemnation here on this podcast because who am I to condemn somebody when, you know, Romans says, man, I keep quoting Romans today. Romans says, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So I'm not condemning you because I'm not in a position to condemn anybody. When the word of God says there is no condemnation for those in Christ, that's what it means. And I'm going to agree with that. And so if you're in Christ, there's no condemnation. Isn't that good news? That's such good news. So um, I need you to remember that as well. In my appeal to encourage you not to walk away from Jesus or the Big C Church, I also want to appeal to you not to live under condemnation because that is not from the Lord per the word of God. Once you're in Christ, there is no more condemnation. Isn't that great? So um, in this case, what I was talking about our situation, we just bit our tongues and we felt like we would rather be misunderstood than to even hint at causing any type of division, gossip, anything like that. Yes, we were in deep grief. So we knew that our words could be, mm, they could come out hastily if we started to talk at all. So we kept quiet. And you know what? God has done such a healing work in us, for us, and for those around us. And I'm not sure that I would go back and change any aspect of how often and how much we bit our tongue because what we has, we have received healing-wise has been so great. It's been so great. It was worth it to not be able to um, say my piece or defend myself or speak my mind or explain myself. Man, the peace of God and his healing work, it is of inestimable worth. It's so valuable and it was so worth it. I hope that encourages somebody that if you're in the midst of something right now, it's worth it in the end result. You know, it's been one of the most incredible seasons of our lives, actually, these last several years. And I could have totally missed it. Had I not stayed close to Jesus, taken my heaviness of heart to him first and foremost, walked through this by staying in the church and just simply believing that if God put it in his word, I could trust it. If it's in God's word, I just decided to trust that that was the best way for me to live out this hard place in my life. The best place for you and I to live out these hard seasons, these hard places in life is by trusting and doing what the word of God says. We can trust it. We can trust it. You know, I could trust it to be best for my husband. And honestly, he handled it even better. Like if I had to evaluate it, I would say like a bazillion times better than I did. God's word, it works. It does what it says that it will do because God keeps all of his promises. He never fails. He never has. And he never will. He's the ultimate victor and he has a perfect track record. And so his word never fails either. If you find yourself in a hard place right now, especially if that hard place involves other Christians, your fellow believers, can I encourage you to stick super duper close to the Lord? Like he should be your oxygen, always with you, never more than a breath away, your very source of life and stick with the church because it's his church. It is his body. We are the bride of Christ. So do those things today. Stick with Jesus, stick with the church. Just And just start with today. If you're in a really heavy, intense, hard season, just for today, do those two things. Don't live in the yesterdays and don't fret about all the possibilities of what might come in your tomorrows. Just for today, stick close to Jesus, stick with his church, and then 
Do the same thing. Do it again tomorrow. And while you're doing that, be expectant because the Lord is going to bring healing and comfort to you as you stay in his word, you spend time in prayer, you keep believing that the body of Christ is your good place. It is your good place. You have a place in God's church. It's so important that you be there. The church people, they are your people, and you will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Believe those things because they're true for you. Here is what verse 37 says from the Christian Standard Bible. Watch the blameless and observe the upright, for the person of peace will have a future. So, yeah, that's quite a bit shorter than the Amplified, but it drives the point home so well, doesn't it? You know, take a look at some people in your life. Look around. In your world, find some Christ followers who live well, who you could say, yeah, they handle things rightly per the word of God that would fit the description of being blameless. Now, we know that that doesn't mean perfect and without sin. It just means you can look at them and say, man, they are, they are moving along. They're far along in the sanctification process. They are letting the Holy Spirit work in and through them. That's what, um, don't think of this and say, well, I'll never be perfect and blameless. No, that's right. None of us will until we, until we are with Jesus, right? But I want you to pray to become closer to being blameless, to be blameless in the sense of what this verse means is that you're just doing the right thing per the word of God. And tomorrow you're doing it even more. We should look and behave more and more like our Savior day by day by day. So that's what I mean by look for someone who is blameless. But look for those people who they live well. They handle things rightly. Not perfect, but rightly. How are they doing at living life in those hard places? How's their tongue? Ooh, there's a good question. How is their tongue, their words? Find people who mind their tongue. Mind your P's and Q's. Mind your tongue and honor the Lord in the hard places. Who can you see around you who's honoring the Lord in the hard places, and also honoring him in the sweet spots. Some people, they don't end up on the struggle bus until they start to do well. You know what I mean? And then it's all downhill from there. Am I right? You know what I mean? Like, so watch the blameless, observe the upright, and then kind of emulate them, like learn from them, take a lesson and heed it for the person of peace will have a future. There's that word will. The person of peace will have a future. I can tell you, We handled that season with an attitude of maintaining peace. We were going to be people of peace. And you know what? The future that we've gotten already has far exceeded any of the difficulties we went through. So this verse is true. God keeps every single promise. Okay. Um, You know, and that word will, it's just four little letters that make me smile. Because when God says he will, he really actually does mean it. He will do all and every bit of what he has said that he will do. The person of peace will have a future, period. That's a promise. And it's a promise for you and I. It's for us. Be a person of peace, even when it seems hard. And you're going to be justified. You're going to be, you're going to be justified before the Lord. So say like you felt like you'd be justified to just let my words fly and defend myself. Wouldn't you rather be justified by the Lord by him saying, oh, you've got a beautiful future because you chose to obey my word and be a person of peace. Man, there's a treasure there if we would just grab hold of it. Be a person of peace because then you will have a future. The Amplified says there will be a good future for you and your descendants will be blessed. So that's like a heaped up kind of blessing. Heaped up kind of blessing. 
good future for you and your descendants, your children, your grandchildren, and so on. They're going to be blessed. Man, that's amazing. We need to go after those heaped up blessings and grab hold of them. Blessings upon blessings. Those promises are worth a little bit of tongue biting, don't you think? I think so. Okay, now I want to share a bit from Charles Haddon Spurgeon. And I have this really great, wonderful, um, fantastic, teaches me a ton study Bible. And it has sermon notes from Spurgeon. And uh, man, boy, does it learn me a lesson or two. I'm going to tell you what. So here are some things that Spurgeon says regarding Psalm 37. And I'm quoting here. I feel no chains in my religion, for I am free and no one is more free. He who fears God and is wholly God's servant has no chains about him. He may live as he likes, for he likes to live as he ought. He may have his full desires, for his desires are holy, heavenly, and divine. He may take the full range of the utmost capacity of his wishes and desires and have all he needs and all he wishes, for God has given him the promise and God will give him the fulfillment of it. Oh, I love that. And he was specifically referencing verse four, uh, which says, take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. Isn't that encouraging? Like greatly encouraging. God isn't telling you to stubbornly will yourself to hate what your flesh loves. He's telling you that he aims to help you put to death any and all sinful desires. And he really does want to do that. What your flesh loves, he wants to help you kill that off so that you love the things that he loves, what the spirit loves. He has amazingly good things in its place. Instead of what the flesh wants, he's got such good stuff to replace it with because he doesn't just leave us empty, taking things away, leaving us empty and hollow. No, no, no. He fills us to the fullness of the measure of Christ. It's just so good. He gave you the promise and he will also give you the fulfillment of every single promise. So if you've got a certain promise you're standing on, just know for that said promise, he's going to bring the fulfillment of it. The giver is the keeper as well. God is by nature a chronic giver. He's going to give you what he promised, and he wants you to believe him for it. That's your work, the work of believing. And I'm going to wrap up this episode of the Burt Not Ernie Show with just a few words from E.M. Bounds. Now, Mr. Bounds, he wrote a lot on the subject of prayer. And, uh, oh, man, I love the intercessory work of the church. I love the power that comes from God answering the prayers that the church is praying. It's just a beautiful thing. This intercessory work, it is so vital to the life and strength and health of of the body of Christ. So uh, let's look at a couple things that Bound said. The providence of God reaches as far as the realm of prayer. It has to do with everything for which we pray. Nothing is too small for the eye of God, nothing too insignificant for his notice and his care. God's providence has to do with even the stumbling of the feet of his saints. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. That's Psalm 91, 11 and 12 from the King James that he's quoting here. His care reaches to the smallest things and has to do with even the most insignificant matters that concern men. He who believes in the God of providence is prepared to see his hand in all things that come to him and can pray about everything. Okay, I'm going to continue the quote here. While God's providence is over all men, yet his supervision and administration of his government are particularly in the interest of his people. So that means those of us who are saved, who are in Christ. Prayer brings God's providences into action. Prayer opens the way when it is shut up or hampered. 
It has to do with food and clothing, with business difficulties, with interposing and saying from, staying from danger, and with help in emergencies at opportune and critical times. We have an impressive lesson on divine providence in the case of Elijah. Oh, do you not love the story of Elijah? Elijah's life is just fantastic. Um, in the case of Elijah, when he was sent to the brook Cherith, where God actually employed the ravens to feed his prophet, he was an interposition so plain that God cannot be ruled out of life's temporalities. Before God will allow his servant to lack bread, he moves the birds of the air to do his bidding and take care of his prophet. Okay, yes, super long quote there and a lot of old-fashioned words we don't use very often, but so good. Think about what he's saying there. Think about what he's saying there. Before God was going to let Elijah lack bread, he was moving the birds of the air to do his bidding and take care of his prophet. Have you considered prayer in this way before, that you're inviting God to step in and via his providence change things, intervene in the big things and the little things, remembering that nothing is too small or insignificant for his care. This is such a great reminder when it comes to the why behind our praying. We pray because we believe our God hears and answers, right? We want to experience his care that reaches to the smallest things. And so we pray and we can pray about everything. Prayer brings God's providences into action. It opens the way. You know, it just kind of makes me want to say, oh, that we would pray as much as God would have us to pray. How would our world, our individual worlds, and maybe even like the entire world as a whole, how would it be changed? We'll never know until we set to work at praying. Do you want to live the miraculous life that Elijah kind of lived, you know, and he lived in the state of the miraculous, like he just did. Do you want to live like that? Pray for it in the big things and the little things. Not just for the healing from cancer. Oh, pray for that, but don't stop there. Or for a job for, you know, somebody facing unemployment. Pray for that, but don't stop there. Pray for daily bread and pray and say, God, bring daily bread to those who need it. And then think of specific situations. Here's where I need something for my daily bread, my daily provision today. Bring it in a way that will boggle the mind and shows off who our God is, like bread delivered by ravens. That's God being glorified and honored. That's a show-off kind of a thing. Every day they brought him his food. That is glorifying to the Lord. And for a heart willing to be the only one who saw what that daily provision from the ravens looked like as it came out of the raven's beaks into his hand, because nobody was with Elijah at the brook Cherith. So he saw it. Isn't that amazing? What would God do for you if you're willing to pray like this and say, even if nobody else sees, if I see it, oh, that's good enough. That's good enough. We don't always pray like that. We think for God to get the glory, it's got to be broadcast far and wide. And God does get glory in those things. But, you know, Elijah was the only one there. Thank the Lord that it was recorded in his word. But nobody was for all of us to benefit from and be encouraged and to just to see God's supernatural provision in a very dark and very difficult time in the history of Israel. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's God saying, I can take care of you. I can make you like the land of Goshen, even when everything is falling apart all around you. I can do it. And I can do it in amazing ways. And I can do it for everybody to see. And I can do it for nobody to see, but just you and me. Don't be afraid of those you and me times, because what do you think Elijah's walk with the Lord was like? How much did it deepen? How close did he feel to the Lord when this, this was a thing just between him and God? 
This wasn't Mount Carmel where everybody was there to see what God did. This is something that it's like God saying, yes, Elijah, I've called you to that and you have a purpose and you have a mission. But even when it's just you and I, nobody else sees, I need you to know I love you because I love you. I don't just approve of you and bless your ministry when it's out in front of everybody. I love you right here in the little thing. So, you know, if that book, if the book, not the book, sorry, if the brook dries up, the God to whom you pray, he can speak to you about where to go next, which is what he did with Elijah, even if it is to a place and a person, quote unquote, outside of where you think the provision should come. Elijah didn't go to a widow in Israel. He went outside of Israel to a widow, right? You know, God takes care of his own. Pray big, bold, daring prayers, and then pray those prayers over the big things, but even over the small things. You can pray big prayers over small things, the daily things of life. Why, you might ask? My question in return would be, well, why not? Why not? Why not look and expect to see the hand of God at work in the dailies, in the dailies? Some of your greatest blessings, some of the praises from your lips may come in response to your prayers for the things that you often think of as small. All right. Um, I'm going to, Ooh, I went long. I'm so sorry. Actually, I'm not sorry. That's, I, I think that's probably encouraging to somebody. So I'm not sorry for talking about Jesus and the word of God and prayer. Okay. But that is actually it for episode 109. But I would like to mention I'm a speaker. This week is pre early bird week for a summit. I'm speaking at, I'm speaking three times at the homeschool mom summer summit. Um, I'm also going to be doing some live videos in the Summit Facebook group, and uh, I think like a minimum of three times I'll go live or have a pre-recorded video shared in there. So I'll be doing some extra like uh, teaching encouragement, I guess you would call it, because when I teach, I try to encourage from the Word of God. That's kind of what I feel like my calling is. I'm a freedom fighter. Thank you, Jesus. I want people free in Christ because it is for freedom then that you have been set free, and I want to encourage people with the Word of God because it's the most encouraging thing going this is our encouragement. It really is. So um, if you would like to check that out, that'd be awesome. I've also got some giveaways, lots of stuff going on as part of this summit. So if you homeschool or you know any homeschoolers, check it out. And if you just like to be encouraged as a mom or a parent, there's a there's a free option too. You can check that out. The link is going to be in the show notes. And also I have it, um, I'm going to make sure I have it in an easy to find place on my website, which is of course my name, J A N. Middle initial L, last name B-U-R-T dot com. And the topics I'm speaking on are character training that lasts a lifetime, managing the mayhem, that's like a house full of kids or teaching multi-levels. And then this one would be encouragement for anybody who's a mom, a time of encouragement for you, the homeschool mom. And I am just, um, I just pour out God's word and speak truth over the moms in that session. So, and I really would be honored to have you check it out, listen into my workshops. I'm always so blessed, and I mean this, so blessed to be able to kind of love on the homeschool community as a mom who homeschooled for 25 years. Um, if I, And if any of those sound interesting to you, even if you don't home educate, just take a look at the summit, scroll through, there's, through the, the sessions, a free option, like I mentioned, is available. It lets you have access to the summit sessions on a daily basis. So if you had like, oh, I'd like to listen to that and that. Just get the free option and then listen on those certain days. And if you want to upgrade later, you can. For a limited time, you can upgrade to a paid pass. So, you know, pick them out, watch them, listen, because they have a listening option. How cool is that? There's like a podcast download type option. I think that comes with the VIP package, though, like you have to pay for that. But um, it's totally worth it to be able to listen on the go. It's an online event, which is so nice. I mean, I would have loved to have that 
when I was homeschooling. So, and, you know, even though I had like a couple of tech issues with my recordings, like one of my um, teleprompter apps was not working right. And I was kind of like, oh, I can't believe this. And I thought, you know what? No, no, no. The Lord laid on my heart early, early on before I ever started podcasting or having a speaking summit conference ministry or anything like that. Um, the Lord just put on my heart at, to keep it real. Don't be fake, Jan. Be very, very real. It's not a contest. It's just life. And so I bump into the tech issue and thought, okay, just one more opportunity to do what he said. Keep it real. It's just life. So let's do life together, cheering one another on and get on with the work and the tasks that God has entrusted to us because he's got stuff for each of us to do that will make a difference for his kingdom. Okay, check out that link, sign up if you'd like to, share it with friends, that would be great, Um, and have a beyond blessed day today. I'm thankful for you, I really do mean that. I'm praying for every podcast listener, I really do mean that, and I'm thankful that you were here today. See you next time for episode 110. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the Spark Media Network that can now be heard on the Edify app. So glad you joined me for this episode of the Burt Not Ernie Show. It's an honor and a blessing to talk about God's promises with you. Have a fabulous day, and remember, part of knowing who you are is knowing who you're not. Lord bless. I'll see you next time. <laughs>